My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you might recall uh, me sharing about a really challenging time in in my life. My senior year of high school, three days after getting my driver's license, I had a horrific car accident, which was completely my fault. I was still a a new driver. I was actually driving to see a movie, Home Alone, if you can believe it was at just opening in the theaters at that time. That's how old I am. But I was driving and, you know, it was the first time really driving at night at three Uh, friends of mine in the car and just being inexperienced and all, I completely missed seeing a stop sign or even realizing that I was entering into an intersection. And this car that was coming from my side didn't even have enough time to even react, hit into me, causing my truck to spin and to crash on the side of the road. Two of my friends and I didn't have a scratch on us, but my one friend who was sitting right behind me crashed through the side uh, window and had to be helicoptered to University Hospital in Newark, New Jersey with life-threatening injuries. Praise God, after a year of healing and rehabilitation and a very, very long year of, of healing and rehabilitation, she more than recovered. But with that accident happening in, in November, it's weird how times and seasons can trigger different memories for people. And one particular memory from this whole really bleak time that came up for me recently was when I first went back to school just a few days after that accident. Most of that day I felt kind of numb to everything. I didn't remember a lot of details or interactions with people or anything for that matter. I was more focused on simply trying just to get through that day. But there's one thing I'll never forget. And I was standing at my locker at the end of the day. One of my classmates whose locker was right next to mine, she was on her way to cheerleading practice. She got to her locker and she was there with two of her friends and she opened it and she was furious because someone had not returned her pom-poms. As she slammed the locker shut and continued to complain that now she's going to get crap from the coach at her practice and she just went on and on and ranting about it with her friends. And I'll never forget just standing there thinking, I wish that was the worst thing I had to worry about. 
having a friend with <clears throat> life-threatening injuries that you're at fault for can kind of shift your worldview as a 17-year-old. It's the kind of thing that adults tell you. You'll hear self-help gurus and see all kinds of motivational signs saying, don't sweat the small stuff. But perhaps it's the kind of thing that you can only really learn to appreciate with these kind of bigger types of moments. The day-to-day, the ordinary stuff that grabs our attention, that steals our joy, that stresses us out, that distracts us. Traffic, can't find a parking spot, I'm running late, someone not returning your (laughs) pom-poms. It all distracts us from what really matters. This first Sunday of Advent, Jesus is trying to do something similar to remind us of what really matters. We just heard one of his predictions about the end times, which Truth be told, most people don't ever want to hear about or talk about or think about, let alone on Thanksgiving weekend on December 1st as we enter the hysteria couched between Black Friday and Cyber Monday where we're just bombarded with advertisements demanding our attention with all these sales, at least in my case, stressing me out on Christmas shopping. But in the gospel we heard, Jesus references the story from the Old Testament of Noah, another time when humanity had lost sight of what really mattered. They weren't concerning themselves with anything that the Lord had said or had done for them. They were completely oblivious to the fact that something larger was happening as they were busying themselves with just the the things of their day, eating, drinking, marrying, all while the rains are just starting to fall, not even noticing a flood. Jesus is sharing this not to scare us, but to wake us believers up, to ask ourselves what really matters, especially as we enter into this this beautiful season of Advent. These four weeks prior to Christmas are meant to help us refocus on how Jesus Christ comes to us. He has come to humanity at that first Christmas. He will come to us at the end of time. Those Historic comings are of importance to each of us and to all humanity. But something also that really matters is the third coming, that Jesus Christ comes to us here and now. Jesus is here as we proclaim this word, and in a few moments in his body and blood being made real and present under the appearances of bread and wine in the Eucharist that we receive. He's already here among us. That's incredibly good news. How are we attentive to his presence, though, in the day-to-day and in the here and now? Especially in this this pre-Christmas season, which seems to grow, I don't know how else to describe it, just more and more weird every year. It seems to be one of the devil's greatest success stories ever, is somehow transforming the, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ into poverty in one of the simplest ways that we could ever imagine, has now evolved into becoming one of the loudest, most commercial times of the year. This isn't to launch on a whole war on Christmas thing. I mean, I love so many parts of the season. I love time with my family and friends, exchanging gifts, mom's cooking, the decorations, obviously. There are a lot of beautiful things about this season. So how can we have a, a truce with this war on Christmas and, in fact, reclaim it? in light of what really matters? How can we somehow be more intentional and mindful of all those things and center it on Jesus? One practical way that I try to do is just 
maybe saying a short little prayer as I'm buying a gift or I'm wrapping a gift or I'm sending a card out. And it could be something simple as saying, may this gift to my niece remind me and them of the gift of love we've received in Jesus. It's amazing how if you're just waiting online at the store when you're doing these kinds of things, how it's able to ward off, at least for me, my default of getting stressed out by the line or everything else that needs to be done or by how tired it might be or on a whole lot of things that don't really matter and refocusing on what does. It's not the most earth-shattering thing that's going to fix every aspect of what can be wrong this time of year. But it's an important shift of our minds and hearts that can maybe open our minds and hearts to be more attuned to other ways, other things that we can do to make Advent more meaningful. I'm embarrassed to say that far too often and way too often, I forgot the lesson I learned that day standing in the hallway of my high school, listening to my classmates slam her locker door over her missing pom-poms. But even working on this homily this past week leading into Thanksgiving, and beyond, I, I was profoundly grateful to God that my friend did recover, that he helped me to recover from what was one of the lowest points of my life and to learn to forgive myself. And that helped to make Thanksgiving even more joyful to me as I remembered how many ways and things that God has done that's just been tremendously good to me in my life. So rather than hearing this gospel and launching it into one of those doom and gloom end time kind of things, I think the Lord's calling us to take a breath, to take a moment, to remember the history of goodness in each of our own lives, how he has come to us already, to think of all the ways that we're being blessed right here and right now, and to celebrate how he comes to us here and now. And with our hearts and minds fixed on that, to anticipate how he's going to continue to come to us. How are we going to be prepared to receive and to welcome him? That's the work of this Advent season. That's what really matters.